Thank you, Craig. That's the most appropriate hymn for us to hear before I preach to you this morning. The fire in the rim is messing up my voice and all the smoke in Fresno. This is not tequila, by the way. <laughs> You will learn quickly that I enjoy the Christian life. My accent gives me away. Fermin Agustin Whitaker Archibald. What a mess. First two names. Fermin is, remember the bulls running down in Spain, the running of the bulls? It's the Fiesta of San Fermin. They name it after me. I believe my father thought I would be a bullfighter. I am a bullfighter, I'm a Southern Baptist. <laughs> the middle name is Augustine. I was born under St. Augustine's date of birth. So my first two names, Fermin Augustine, is really supposed to be the religious part of my life. Whitaker, God knows where that one came from. And Archibald, he was the captain of a ship that came with slaves from, from England or from Scotland, missed the United States, ended up in Central America, and I'm the result. His son got an off ship and got some girls in the pregnant. I had nothing to do with that. I see the people sometimes, they say, well, what are you? I'm a human. It's, but you're a Hispanic, but you're black. Yeah, I'm a Hispanic, I'm black. I'm, I don't know what I am, but I'm a Christian. And we need to get over that hill, by the way, before people start hearing us and listening to us. And when you sang that song about my father, and all, I don't know who sent you my script this morning, but everything he sang is what I'm speaking about today. Christians have a very bad habit. I've been one since I was 12 years old. I'm now 72, by the way, in case you're checking it out. He has never let me down. But Christians have a habit of reading the wrong book, not this book. And we, we, we script our lives according to CNN and the talking heads on television. I don't do that. Because many years ago as a youngster, I remember, by the way, what's my exit time before I get too far? 8.30, I'll make it 8.30. Many years ago as a young man, I remember making Molotov cocktails as a young revolutionary, and I know how to throw those things. I say to people, calm down, treat me nice. Sometimes I go back to my sinful nature, and Jesus reminds me, you can't do that. The contract was bought at age 12, signed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you can't go back. you got to go forward. So I am the result of Southern Baptist Mission work in Central America, and when I came to Jesus... I had a real hard time with the United States Christian because they had such an attitude about, we know it, you don't. We're in charge, you follow us. And I said, time out, you came to Panama, you dug a ditch through the middle of the country, and you call it your canal in my country. And I had a hard time at between, between 15 and 18 understanding what Christianity was all about until Jesus said, slow down, all of my people are around you. You have to learn to love them. 
and began to love the American people and began to say, okay, that's good. And I want Ken to come this morning. Ken Burns, are you here, Ken? Come on up, Ken. This is not on your agenda, but I'm bringing you up. Such an obedient friend. Every time you do something for missions, you touch a life. And I was one of those lives you touch. Many years ago. I would not be here if Southern Baptists had, did, had done selective evangelism. Southern Baptists cared about anyone that moves. And I was one of that anyone. This morning, Ken, this is for the church, and you'll have to return it so I can give it to the second service. <laughs> I want to express an appreciation to this congregation, Ken. It's a certificate of appreciation. Presented to Tiburon Baptist Church in Tiburon, California, by California Southern Baptist Convention. I'm calling it the California Southern Baptist Network of Churches. The convention only exists two days a year. We're a network of churches, a fellowship of churches, for cooperating with California churches to promote evangelism. Last year we trained 5,000 people in evangelism who didn't speak English. Korean, Chinese, Russian, Arabic, and uh, uh, Filipino, Tagalog language. Missions. This congregation has helped us to start an average of 122 churches a year. I know what, the, what people say, well, how many survive? They always say that to me. I'm going 85%. I'll take, I'll take the 85% any day. And I will wait for 100% to get on board. And ministry in California. Last week, today, yesterday, was the fifth week of the Punjabi Hindi language radio program that you sponsor from Bakersfield to Porto to, uh, to Reading. That entire valley, we started it less than a year ago because William Nathaniel, a missionary with us, said, we got to do this. We have no money. I said, we got money. Somewhere in the budget, there's money. We'll find it. And this is, this is almost the fifth month we were doing that program in the Hindi language. The truck drivers that drive around the state with the, with the, with the uh, turbans, that's our target group. There's a half a million of them in California. And we need to reach them for Jesus Christ. Thank you. Around the world, 10,000 missionaries, 5,000 here, 5,000 overseas. Mil gracias, mi hermano. God bless you. Thank you. I'm tired. Not a good way to start a sermon. But I'm tired of the noise. The noise. Christians need to remember the Father. And we need to remember the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. This congregation started in 1960. You know how many years ago that was? Can someone help me with my math? 53, it's a long time ago. And you're still here. 
Some have gone ahead of us, but we're still here because the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well on the planet Earth. I went to Ephesus a few years ago. We were on the boat to Ephesus, and I'm thinking that night, I'm going to be where Paul was preaching. I began to read the book of Ephesians. I got off the boat, got on this little car. We went 17 kilometers to Ephesus, and I arrived at Ephesus and said to the driver, where is the Baptist church? And he said, what's what? I said, yeah, you know, the Baptist church where Paul preached, after all. He has to be a Baptist. <laughs> and this kid looked at me and he said, no, we don't know what that is. But show me the Christian church, where the Christian church was, you know, the spot where the Christian church was. He says, we don't know where that is. I can show you the mosque, he said. And God hit me with a laser. He said, tell me, what's wrong with you? Are you a... Are you a Jew or a Gentile? I'm a Gentile. He said, well, the Ephesian church was basically a Gentile church. You are the result of the Gentile church in Ephesus that the property is no longer there. Get over it. Ephesian? Ephesian, yeah, Ephesian. Get over it. You are the result. We are the result of hundreds of thousands of Christians all over this world that connect us to the Father and connect us to Jesus Christ. So stop complaining about we're dying. We ain't drunk dying, folks. At least, I'm not. I'm alive and well. Because my God says... When I saved you, I transformed you. And in the book of Acts chapter 9, is the amazing story that just touches me every time I read it. Acts chapter 9. A few months ago I was reading a book by, by uh, an author, Seth Godin, that I love. He's one of my favorite bloggers. And he made a statement. The world is filled with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. The world is filled with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I had just had surgery. I, I, I wrote a rural job on my neck to get my, my mind a little clearer. And that morning I woke up early in the morning and I saw their faces across the wall of my bedroom. The men and the women from my childhood who were the ordinary people and no one knew when they talked to me, when they took me to, 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 to the camping of the young people, R.A. Royal Ambassador. When, when my, my Sunday school teacher said, Fermin, you must be born again, I said, no, you don't understand. Mommy plays the organ. I'm, a, I'm in church every day. I'm a Christian. No, you must know Jesus Christ. And that teacher for over a year talked to me and hounded me until I found Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Ordinary people, I saw their faces, five little old ladies in Panama that prayed for me from the day I surrendered to preach until the last soldier died 25 years later. Prayed for me. Ordinary people, they're all around us. And I said to myself, the saints of God are all around us. And they're saying, keep moving. Don't look back. No detours. Keep moving. Stay focused. Understand that the God that created this world is still alive and well in California. you got to do better than that to keep me moving. Amen. Thank you. You guys are real Southern Baptists. You have a hard time getting him and out. I can tell. I've been there, by the way. Stephen is dead. Saul was there consenting to his death. Saul is a murderer. And Saul wakes up this morning 
and he has his to-do list all checked off. Damascus is my destiny. He has his assignment, bring the Christians to jail, or the people of the way to jail. He's a destroyer. He's, he's, he's numero uno, he's number one for that day in his mind. He's in complete control like so many of us. I have an iPad, I have an iPhone, I have a computer, I have all this stuff to keep me going. And yet God says, slow down, I'm in charge of your day. And Saul is on this animal going on to Damascus. And it says in, in chapter 9 verse 1, He was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest and got letters from Damascus. Got letters from the synagogues to go to Damascus. And he was going to Damascus with a purpose to destroy the Christians. And you know the story. It's in Acts chapter 9. And somewhere close to the city, God shows up. <laughs> That verse really knocks me off my feet because sometimes I have ideas in my mind and Jesus says, what's wrong with you? I remember as a young pastor, as a young man, I left seminary in Canada and came to California and I wanted to go and take a nice large church and God gave me a church with 14 members and 7 deacons. <laughs> Real Southern Baptist Church. I said, no, I don't want to go here. Primera Iglesia Bautista Mexicana, First Mexican Baptist Church, in Pico Rivera, California, the Beverly Hills of the Chicano movement in those days. I said, I want to go there. And God says, you have no choice. When you came to the cross, I, call, I paid for your salvation. When you surrendered to preach, you couldn't speak five words without missing four. I corrected you. I fixed your problems. And now I'm giving you this opportunity to honor me. And I said, Lord, there are only 14 or 15 members. He said, no, this is not the church. They're across the park playing soccer and basketball and baseball. I'm going, no, no, no. I want them cleaned up, ready, and then they can come to church. I said, no, what's wrong with you? I came to seek and to save those that are lost. And they're not in your building. They're not in your building at all. They're outside playing soccer. Fermin and I went, I went across the park, began to sit down and say, hello. I didn't learn it in seminary, by the way. Didn't have my, my four spiritual laws. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hello, who are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm from across the street. And then on Sunday morning I said, Lord, I, don't, I still don't like this assignment. They don't speak, they don't speak these kids don't speak in Spanish, they speak English. I would say, but I would say, hey kid, why don't you come to church? He's a pastor. I don't speak Spanish. But your name is Martinez. But my dad's name is Martinez. I'm Martin. In those days they were changing their names to be accommodated to the culture. And I went to the pulpit and I, to the altar and I said, Lord, I'm out of here. He said, you can't do that. Get on your knees. And let's have a conversation. And I began to cry. My kids are going to hell. And the parent says, Espanol solamente. You want to speak English? Go with the gringos. But our kids are going to hell. You want to speak English? Go with the Anglos. And God says, go bilingual. <laughs> Time out. I don't know how to do that. I'm a translator, I'm an interpreter, but I can't do that. I went to the pulpit, I began to speak in two idiomas, in two languages. And the word of God grew, and people got to 
Whoa, what's going on here? He's speaking in tongues. He's a Baptist. You can't do that. And the kids said, wow, I understood half the sermon. And the church exploded. Chief of Police of Santa Barbara was in that audience. And I can see their faces. Kids who said, man, they took time to talk to us. The language we understand. And God says, nothing will stop the gospel. Nothing will. Your assignment is to come back to the altar and say, what should I do? Saul, I have news for you. I'm going to show up on the way to Damascus and your life will change. And you know the story quite well. As he comes down the road, this, this light shines on. And it just, it just amazes me how God shows up sometimes. This man had planned his day. He had everything worked out. He's in control. And sometimes you and I think we're in control. And someone throws us a curve. We get discouraged and we quit. Saul is on the ground. I love this verse. Why are you persecuting me? Not the Christians. or not Me, Jesus. You see, sometimes we, we hurt each other. Without realizing what we're doing as believers. You're messing with God when you do that, by the way. So be nice to me. I'm God's child. Right? I'm God's servant. And sometimes we get all uptight and very highfalutin. And the Lord said, just calm down and hug each other and get over the hill. Stop killing each other, Christians. And I was reading this, reading the, the paper this morning and and the world is falling apart. I'm going, it's not God's world that's falling apart. When Satan entered this environment, the world was declared a disaster area. Nothing is new in this world today. Evil has always existed. But God says, I am still in control. Get over it, Fermin. Get out of your building and cross the street to the park and say, Hola, como estas? Hello, how are you? The Bible is so beautiful. I am the Lord whom you are persecuting. But get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. I like the next passage. I call it my, re my reluctant missionary. Ananias has just had a burrito for, for lunch and he's resting. Taking a siesta time. The Bible says he was there. And Jesus says in a vision, Ananias, the answer is like we do. Aquí estoy, here I am. Ready to go, you know that old hymn used to sing, ready to suffer, ready to go, ready. And then he says go, we say, well, no, not yet. Got some things to do. Ananias, he says in verse 10, Ananias answers, here I am, Lord. We just love to hear the Lord's voice. I did. He had asked me to go to Atlanta, Georgia to work for the Home Mission Board. And I said, you don't understand. Been there, done that, met those guys, ain't going back. <laughs> I met the southerner. And God said, what's wrong with you? So I said, no, I'm not gonna, I'll, I will go anywhere you want me to go except east of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I'm not going to leave the west. This is God's place. Because I met some Christians who were just not real believers in Jesus Christ. And uh, he said, for me, what's wrong with you? You can't do that. I, I paid for your salvation. So I resigned my church and moved to Fresno. 
1976, he says, I didn't say north, I said east. And I went to, to Georgia, all the way to Georgia, my car radio played one song. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I don't like that kind of music. I like, you know, mambos and mariachis, whatever. And from, 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 from California to Mississippi, all I heard was Lucille. Eighteen years in Atlanta, happy as a bird, ready to come home. Come home. And the Lord says, you're going, to be the, you're going to go to the work for the Southern Baptist Executive Director? I said, no, 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 no. No, that ain't going to do that. I don't like board members. Excuse me. <laughs> don't like people fighting over stuff. I want, to, I want to tell the story of Jesus Christ. I want to be in the streets. I want to be excited about what God is doing. Do your business, but let me go. And God says, you don't understand. It's been many years, and I don't take no for an answer. Ananias, get up and go. And then Ananias gives a typical Christian response. He says, I have heard how many people, from many people about this man, how much harm I have heard stuff. I don't listen to the stuff. I listen to my God. And sometimes when you, when I get so below the tide and I want to, re, to react, remember, he says, no, get up and go. Get up and tell the world. And the world is just, the world could just be the person across the room where you live. Just get up. I spent 33 years praying for Enrique Guzman. My father-in-law. 33 years. And finally after 33 years, about 10 years ago, he said, I said, Papa, he estado orando, been praying for you for, to become a Christian. He said, you really have, right? Yeah. Well, he knows I've talked to him for 33 years. And he's a tall man in his 70s. And finally he said, Fermin, he said, can I do that right now? I'm going, wait a minute. We're not in church. We're in my bedroom. He shouldn't be don't, don't shock me. I mean, after all, the environment is not right according to, to, the, to, to, to life. And I said, no, Papi, vamos a la iglesia el domingo. We're going to church on Sunday. He said, no, no, no. Hazlo ahora. Do it now. And after 33 years, my father-in-law knelt in my den and cried out to Jesus Christ to become his Savior. And my mother-in-law is sitting on, her so, on the chair. She said, ¿Y yo qué? What about me? I don't remember praying for her. But every time I talked to my father-in-law, she was in the room. And that day, both of them, 73 and 75 years old, surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And a week later, he said, you need to baptize me. I'm going, I don't have a church. I'm a pastor. So he said, I'll borrow a church. So I did. Borrowed a church and said, I need to baptize my in-laws. And on Sunday night, I'm getting ready to baptize her. And my sister-in-law shows up from Twin Towers. Twin Towers are the two jails in, in downtown LA. She's been there for 20 years. She shows up and she says, I want to get baptized. Well, where have you been all this time? She says, I just got saved in jail. I didn't have time to take her to a church and say, will we do this? I just says, come on, let's do it. And that evening, three of my family members, one off the planet, and two 
For years rejecting Christ are baptized because of a simple hanging in there, not giving up, and not quitting because God's time is perfect. Ananias, get up. Ananias, your assignment is to go. And I love what he does. I just love, love my Bible. The Bible says that Ananias gets up and he goes. And the first thing he says to Saul, bless his heart. You're a bad man. You're an evil man. The first thing he says to Saul is, Brother Saul. Come on, come on, come on. When did he become a brother? He didn't walk forward in church. I led my Muslim doctor to the Lord a year ago. Had a, I had a situation and ended up in the hospital. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. Send me home. $13,000 later and two hours, they sent me home. But I said, you got to see your neurologist and your cardiologist. See my cardiologist? He says, the pipes are clean. Nothing wrong. I see the neurologist. And his name is Abbas. I mean, least your name. And he said, uh, what do you do? He has my chart. He knows what I do. What do you do? I'm a minister of Jesus Christ. Huh, it's interesting. We began a conversation that day, November 3rd, 2011, and July 3rd, 2012, in an Italian restaurant in Fresno. He puts his trust in Jesus Christ. And he says to me, now let me ask you a question. Does that mean that all my sins are forgiven? I said, all your sins are forgiven. And he starts to cry. And the first thing a staff member said to me was, did he pass forward? No. How do you know he's saved? Because after I prayed, he says, so our God does forgive sins. He never said, your God. One word. One word. We meet weekly. He has too many questions. But he says, our God is alive and well. A year almost. Ananias, he became a, he became a brother when he hit the ground and said, Lord, help me. It's all it takes. You don't have to climb a bridge or, or run a marathon. Just open your heart and say, Lord, I'm, I, have, I have nowhere else to go. Nowhere else to go. I changed doctors a year ago, and God does something tough in my life. Goes to this new doctor. His name is Habibi, another Iranian. And his first word is, do you believe in evil? I'm going, what's wrong with God? <laughs> Tell me what, what medication I need. He wants to know if I believe in evil. And I said, yes, I do. But evil does not control my life. He says, sir, it's all around me. My doctor, tell me that. Evil is all around me. I said, well, he cannot touch you unless you open a door. And I, my door is locked. And I says, God is in control of my life. He says, how do you do that? We're in the six months of conversation. I don't know when he's going to drop, but God knows. And my assignment is not to wonder when he's going to drop, but to keep telling him, God says, I'm available to transform your life forever. 
I love the way that Jesus says in verse 15, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. But he's a murderer, he's a killer, he's a bad man, but he's my chosen instrument. And I will change his life. And all around us, lives are being changed because of the witnesses that you and I have done without knowing who in the world they are and what evil they could do. And the world needs more Christians on our knees. And the battlefield is on our knees. That's why we cry so much in California. Every man and woman, boy and girl, must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are broken lives around us. He specializes in impossible cases. And I could go on forever and ever just telling you the stories of men and women that crashed and God rescued them. Because a Christian took time to say, hello, what's your name? It's not hard to do that if you realize the outcome. And the outcome are lives that are regenerated by the power of Jesus Christ. The outcome is a man that later on sits down in verse 18. Scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. He got up and was baptized, took food, and immediately in verse 20, immediately he began to proclaim Christ. My Muslim doctor has been saying to me, my former Muslim doctor, I need to be careful, has been saying to me, Called me in Hawaii a few weeks ago. I was on vacation enjoying, enjoying my, my holiday and improving my tan. And my phone rings. And he says, he said, for me, I said, yeah. I said, I've asked. It's 3 o'clock in, in, in noon. You're supposed to be working. He said, well, God gave me a vision last night. I'm going, he's slipping. A vision? Yeah. He said, I want to start some clinics for the poorest people in California. A bunch of in the, in the valley for poor people and I would like to pull my friends together to create clinics for the poor and I want to call them the clinicas, Clinica de Cristo the clinics of Jesus I want people to come to the clinic and hear about the Jesus who changed my heart whoa I'm one person you cannot convince that God is God I'm deadly serious I want to close with this invitation. You know their faces. You know their names. You know who they are. Maybe a phone call will be helpful. Maybe a visit will be helpful. Maybe a time to say we can do it will be helpful. It was early one morning. And I got up to do my devotion, and I had an epiphany. You know what an epiphany is? Any of you know what an epiphany is? A Baptist don't use the word. Your executive director had an epiphany. I felt that in my bedroom, as I sat down to pray, a God sat next to me. I cannot explain it. I just felt the presence of a holy God next to me in the chair. And the, the, the voice says to me, turn the TV on. I never turn the TV on in my devotion. 
And I reached for the clicker and I clicked it on. And across the screen, CNN had a statement. 10,000 boomers turning 65 each day. And the voice said to me, what do you plan to do about that? And I'm thinking, I don't do boomer. I do children and I do youth and I do, I don't do boomers. I'm, I'm not one, I missed it by a few years, but I don't do boomers. And God said, what are you going to do about it? They're not going to get to heaven. They're not going to get to heaven without Jesus. 10,000 boomers a day turning 65. And I created what we call a celebration for senior adult. I had our first one, our third one last week. Over a hundred came to this time of just having a good time. But I thought to myself, we concentrate on children, we concentrate on youth, we worry about ourselves, but we're skipping 10,000 people a day who may never get to heaven unless we take time to stop the parade. And to say, here I am, Lord. I may not be a boomer, but I can help one of those men. We target ethnics. We target foreigners. We don't take time to say these folks are as important to the kingdom as anyone else in the world. And my heart and my passion this year is every man, woman, boy, and girl. The word is every. Not some. Not hear the gospel. Sure. Pastor Whitaker, they heard the gospel. This is America. Chill out. Ain't truth. If they had heard the gospel, we wouldn't be in this mess. They would have responded to the gospel by now. So get over that part of the issue. There's still 10,000 people in our nation that every single day pass over the line. And many will die without Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning. Missions begin right in your bedroom. Mission begins right where you are. And you know what? That's why I call upon you this morning to say, Hey, cheer up. The best is yet to come. My God is alive and well on the planet Earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your children today. Such a wonderful family we have in this room today. So many good things can happen through this church. So many good things are happening even as we speak. Lives are being changed and lives are being healed. But Lord, help us to extend our wings, to extend our vision, and to reach out to those who are not close to us, to the stranger among us, to the hard person among us, to those that practice evil among us, help us, Lord, to have compassion and love. And may your spirit touch their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.